Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Sorry for the delay in getting this out. Things have been really busy for us and we're really excited for the things that are happening. Um, as I mentioned last week, we have added a new intern and hoping to be able to book more clients because right now our clients are having to wait a long time and we really appreciate the patience um, until we can get to you. So in the meantime, until we can get an appointment for you and we can work with you personally, we're going to keep putting out these episodes to give you the education that you need to help you be a better dog owner for your dog. So what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about if your dog has a right to say no. So we're basically going to be talking about a little dog communication. Now, before I get into the episode, I do want to mention that this Friday night we are having our dog communication seminar. Um, I was afraid that we would not be able to do it because we had to cancel the one we had in April, but we are going to have the seminar at the farm at Natchez Trace in Franklin, Tennessee from 7 to 10 o'clock on Friday. There's plenty of room for social distancing. Masks are required, um, but it is BYOB, so you'll just have to lift your mask and drink or stick a straw underneath your mask to drink, whatever you're going to need to do. It is 35 per person, no dogs, just people. Uh, unless, of course, you're with our Retrieving Independent Service Dog Organization, then if you have a dog out on furlough, please feel free to bring that dog. So we really hope that you'll join us. We do try to do this communication seminar six to eight times a year. We've obviously struggled this year with COVID, but we are going to try to get back on track. And I'm going to eventually get it completed to where we have it online so that you guys that are not local, you can take it online. So just be patient with me. 
Uh, just got a lot of things that are going on and having a hard time getting everything balanced, but I'm going to get there. I do appreciate your patience and appreciate your support. Uh, the communication is very important. If you don't know how to communicate with your dog, uh, you're going to have a hard time having that bond and having that relationship. Now, I have done an episode on communication. Uh, this episode on communication is a little different today. Uh, and it's about if your dog has a right to say no to you. So what do I mean when I say a dog has a right to say no? Um, you know, dogs have their own way of communicating their emotions, their feelings, their wants, their needs. And you have to learn how to read that. For me, I really want to make sure that I am doing everything in my power to understand my dog and to really understand what they like, what they love, what they dislike, what they're afraid of, what makes them comfortable, what makes them uncomfortable. These, these are all things that I need to know in order to have that true bond with my relationship with the dog, but also to make sure that my dog has all of his needs met and I'm not doing anything that could be detrimental to his mental or emotional health, uh, which in turn can turn into physical health problems. So if you have a dog with a lot of physical health issues, don't just think that it's gene expression. Don't just think that it's bad genes in general. Um, it could stem from um, external behavior, emotional problems, and um, you need to, to be aware of that. Don't think that your dog has to live this life of sickness and this life of um, anxiety and phobias. Your dog does not have to live that way. There are things we can do. So please, if you have a dog that suffers from any of that, please reach out to us and let us help you. Um, it hurts my heart when I see dogs that struggle physically, emotionally, um, and the owners just take it as this is what it is, and they really don't do everything they can to change it. Now, I'm not asking you to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Sometimes it's some very simple changes in the home and your everyday routine that can make a difference in your dog's life. It doesn't have to cost a fortune. Um, it can save you a lot of money though if your dog is having normal gastrointestinal issues or if it has any type of GI issue like IBD. Um, you know, if your dog has loose stool on a regular basis but you've tried four different foods, but those four different foods, even though they're different brand names, they may have the same ingredients. So there are so many things we can do. We just have to learn to think outside the box and really look at our dog and see what it is that they're trying to tell us. So that is really what I'm going for. I'm not, I'm not talking about, does your dog have the right to say, no, I don't want to sit. No, I don't want to come. In a sense, your dog does have a right to communicate that. It's fine for your dog to say, you know, I don't really want to sit because this rock, this gravel, it hurts my butt. So no, I don't want to sit. If your dog is really good at responding to behavior, especially something as simple as a sit, all the other times and then your dog decides not to sit when you're out on a walk, then there's probably a good reason. More than likely, your dog is not just giving you a middle finger. Your dog is telling you something, either uh, the ground is uncomfortable, maybe they're having some pain in their back legs, maybe their knees hurt, maybe the gravel does hurt when they sit down, maybe the pavement's too hot, right? Maybe there's sticklies in the grass that is uncomfortable. 
Um, and it also could be that maybe you're asking in, an, in a very confrontational way, which in turn makes the dog do some calming signals like ignore you to keep you calm. So if you're asking your dog, sit, 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 Rufus, Rufus, sit, Rufus, sit, sit, Rufus, Rufus, sit. Yeah, more than likely, Rufus is going to start turning his head, yawning, possibly raising a paw, uh, possibly even turning his entire body away from you just to try to calm you down. So you have to think about when your dog is telling you no about something, why? Why is your dog saying no? Another example of things like uh, wanting your dog to go into a play area. So I, I noticed this in class the other night. We had the splash pad going and one of the dogs, uh, we were trying to get the dog in and the dog was clearly saying, I am uncomfortable. I don't want to go in there. And that's okay. That dog has a right to say no. We don't want to force a dog to do that. At that moment, we need to say, okay, let's walk away, do some other things, and maybe we'll try again later. So you want to make sure that you're able to read your dog when they're uncomfortable with moving towards something, moving around something, um, walking in general, or saying hi to somebody or another dog. Stop forcing your dog to do things. Stop forcing your dog to sit when you tell them to. There is probably a reason that they're not sitting, right? So all those things I mentioned above, well, maybe the dog doesn't understand your command sit without the use of your body in front, without your hand stuck up in the air, and without a treat in hand. So when we talked about our cues, are you doing some of those things? A lot of times, it's something we're doing that is causing the dog to not be responsive to us. Now, I say that, and then I'm going to say this. There are some times your dog has a middle finger. We all do. However, the times that your dog has a middle finger is going to be a lot less than the times that your dog says no for other reasons. And those other reasons are something that's making the dog uncomfortable. If you force a dog to do something when they're uncomfortable, they're not going to trust you. They're not going to learn to count on you. You're not their rock. You are not that natural leader. You are in turn something that they may need to be afraid of because you're forcing them to do something that scares them. That is not appropriate. So think back on some of the things that you've done with your dog when have you forced them to do something? When have you forced them to do something that's scary or, you know, go play with another dog that they don't want to play with or, um, you know, go see a person they don't want to see and then when they growl at them, you yell at them. As we've talked about in the communication episode, growling is a natural communication of I am uncomfortable. You didn't understand it when I said it passively, so let me throw a little more, less passive signal at you to see if you get that. So... It's all going to come from you reading your dog's body language and reading your dog's behavior in general to get an idea of what their thought process is because they don't have the words to say, no, mama, I'm scared. No, mama, I don't like that clown. No, mama, I don't want to walk past that trash can. No, mama, I'm really scared to get a shot. All right? They can't say that. But what you can do is help teach your dog that they can trust you, that the things that they're uncomfortable with, you can help them be comfortable with or help them to 
uh, avoid if that's what they need at that moment. Now, obviously there are times we have to do things with our dogs that's not comfortable, like giving them shots um, or expressing anal glands or drawing blood. These are all things that can be a little scary to a dog, but if we can be their rock and they can see that they can trust us in all these other little issues that they may have to where we're not gonna force them to walk past the big scary trash can, if they can trust us, then they know in those moments where we have to do something that's uncomfortable, they're gonna be more forgiving in those moments because they know that they can trust you, that you're not gonna put them in situations that they don't really have to be in. Now, obviously we can make it a positive experience to get shots and vaccines and, and all of those things, but you know we wanna make sure that the dog understands that we're there, we're, we're there with you, we're your rock and you can trust us. So what situations have you found yourself in to where your dog has been uncomfortable? Um, and doesn't want to do something. Uh, think about that and think about how did you handle it? Did you just think, well, you're just being a brat or you only sit when you want to sit or you just listen when you want to listen? Well, we're trying to throw a bunch of human emotions on a dog. Uh, a dog is not gonna really be manipulative to you. Um, yes, dogs learn what works and they will use what works um, but it's not with this attitude of manipulation of, I just want to control you and I want to rule you and I don't want to listen. If the dog doesn't want to listen to you, it's going to start with you, not the dog. So if the dog's not listening to you, you're not doing something right. If the dog doesn't want to interact with you, you're probably doing something wrong, right? So you need to think about what your behavior is when you are working with your dog and dealing with your dog. You know, I see a lot of times, especially with young puppies, when people are socializing their puppy, they will force the dog to be petted on by kids and older people um, and, and put them in scary situations just to get that socialization. Well, the whole point of socialization is to have a positive experience and association with people. If you force them to be petted on pe by people that they're scared of, you are only going to make them more afraid of people. Dogs, especially puppies, they go in and out of these fear periods. One day they may be absolutely fine with that two-year-old who is running up to them to say hi. The next day they could literally be scared of that same two-year-old who is running up towards them. Don't think that the dog is just off and force the dog to be petted by the two-year-old because it was okay the day before. Think about how's the dog feeling. Maybe the dog doesn't feel well. Maybe the dog um, you know, is in that fear period and now things that startle him is a little bit scarier than before. There are so many things that it could be. It's very rarely your dog just saying, no, I wanna be a jerk today. Yes, your dog can be a jerk. <laughs> That's there, but it's very, uh, it's more common for a dog to not do something or not want to do something based on emotion, not just attitude. So I don't want you to immediately, uh, immediately assume when your dog says no about something. Like let's say that you want to put your dog outside to go potty. Your dog has been pottying out there for years and all of a sudden your dog doesn't want to go out to potty or he doesn't want to go out to potty alone. 
Is your dog just being a jerk? Is he just weird? No. More than likely, something has happened. Maybe he got stung by something. Maybe a snake scared him. Maybe a mother bird uh, who has a nest nearby has been flying down and bombing his head to try to keep him away from her nest. But you don't see this because you're not outside. So there's something that is happening with your dog if you just take the time to look and stop automatically assuming that your dog is being a jerk. And, you know, and I think that if we automatically assume our dog is being a jerk, we may need to look at our own selves um, and our own thought processes as well as what do we look at people? You know, do we automatically assume that people are jerks when they don't do what we want? Uh, you know, so we may need to, to really focus on our own thought process. And as you guys know, I am all about teaching humans. And not only do I want to help you be a better dog owner, um, and a partner as, and with your dog, but I want to also help you be a better person and a happier person. And I, and I want this because I have changed so much over the years based on the work that I do with dogs. And it has made my life much happier. And, um, and things don't bother me nearly as much as they used to. Uh, but it also gives me a little empathy um, to look at others and know that there's probably something else that's going on with them when they're rude and they cut me off or they say something rude to me in public. Yeah, immediately I want to be like, whoa, what is up with you? But then I have to kind of pull myself back and say, you know what, this external behavior that they're exhibiting is coming from a place of emotion and something internal that is bothering them that I have no control over. Um, so I tend to have a little more empathy with that and give them the benefit of the doubt. Where with my dogs, I do the same thing. I give them the benefit of the doubt and know that they're not trying to be a jerk and that they want to do the right thing and they want to do the thing that works best. Anytime you love someone you and care about them, you want to do what's best for them. And if you've got a real relationship with your dog, your dog doesn't want to be a jerk. Right, but your dog is going to struggle communicating with you if you're just automatically taking the external behavior and making an assumption off of it. Um, and this is a problem that I run into with um, aversive trainers. Um, when you have trainers that are using choke chains, prong collars, um, shock collars, uh, the e training, which is a shock collar, just so y'all know. Um, what they do is their whole job of using these aversive techniques is to stop external behavior. So for an example, I've had clients who've gone that route of training before coming to me and the dog is barking and lunging at other dogs while on leash, but instead of truly understanding what is driving that behavior, um, an aversive trainer will use a correction to stop the external behavior. So they will shock the dog, they will correct the dog hard using a leash correction when barking at another dog. All they're doing is trying to stop the external behavior, which in turn makes the owner think the dog is fixed. So it's really just smoke and mirrors for that type of training. Um, that they're fixing that external behavior, they're, they're not really looking at the internal emotion. And the reason why I get these clients after they've gone to those trainers because at first it looks like it works because the dog has now learned to stop barking 
but that fear that has caused the barking is now suppressed and the dog has no other outlet because it can no longer bark for fear of being shocked or corrected. And so what's going to happen is when a dog comes close because the owner thinks because their dog's not barking, the dog is fine, and another dog approaches, their dog is going to attack and attack viciously based on all that fear. And I say this, this is not... Um, this is not something that I'm just making up and trying to scare people. This is, this is truth. This is things I've seen. I've, um, it's scientifically proven of the fallout of using aversive techniques because trainers that use aversive techniques are not focused on what's driving the behavior. They're just focused on the behavior itself. And that's not fair to the dog, um, and that is not appropriate uh, for us to be doing. We need to look at dogs as they are. They are an organism with a brainstem, with their own thought process, their own emotions, their own feelings, their own ways of communication. And we don't just stop external behavior. We fix external behavior through dealing with the internal emotion that's driving the behavior. So I really encourage you guys to, to look at your dog a little differently. Next time your dog doesn't respond to a command, Ask yourself why, and then go from there. And don't automatically assume it's because your dog is being a jerk. Majority of the time, it's our fault because we're not reading the dog appropriately. And I highly recommend, if you have a dog that is showing you external behavior that's inappropriate, whether it's barking at people, dogs, uh, lunging at cars, whatever it may be that is inappropriate, don't just try to focus on extinguishing the external behavior because that's not necessarily going to fix the problem. Uh, we have to look at what's driving the behavior and find out what that emotion is so that we can help the dog adjust and show more appropriate behavior in those moments. So I hope I've given you some things to, to really ponder over this week. Um, maybe something that can help you be a better uh, pet owner, maybe a better professional. Um, whether you're working with people or dogs, or both, uh, whether you're in rescue, whatever the case may be. Um, or maybe you don't even have a pet and you just enjoy listening to my voice, which makes you kind of weird, but hey, I'm cool with that. No, I really do appreciate that. I can't stand to hear my voice on the radio, um, uh, which is funny because I record these podcasts and I do not go back and listen to them. And it's really weird. I know people are like, how do you do that? I just don't like to hear myself. So... I don't go back and listen to these. So what you get is my first recording. It's there, and it, there is no editing other than just helping it sound better if it needs to be. So uh, I really hope I've given you something to ponder and think about, and I hope that you can really start looking at other people and dogs differently when they're saying no or when they're grumpy or when they're just not doing what, what you want them to do. Ask why first. Don't be reactive. Ask why so you can be responsive, so that you can do the appropriate thing and that you can help your dog be the best version of himself as possible. And I do encourage you to listen to some of the other episodes that we have, especially on communication, on being proactive, on reward system. Listen to those episodes. If you've not and you know listened to them, and if you've listened to them before, it might not be a bad idea to listen to them again. And I would love to see you guys at our communication seminar. Look, we have plenty signed up. We are on for Friday night. I can't imagine it being canceled at this point. 
So if you just want to show up the farm at Natchez Trace um, in Franklin, it is off of, it's on 96, closer to Bellevue area. Um, if you just want to show up on Friday night, you can pay there or you can register through our website, dogspeak101.com, through our store. Uh, but just come on and it, it's a wonderful seminar. It's, it's the most popular seminar I have. And to me, I, I believe it's the most important. So if you've not taken it, you need it. If you've taken it, you probably need it again. It is a lot of information. We do take some breaks. I know three hours seems like a long time, but it goes by really, really fast because um, it is full of dog videos, full of dog videos, and people love to watch that. So um, we hope to see you soon. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed each episode that we are putting out. And soon, I promise, Gray and I are going to be on here together talking about the top five behaviors, or excuse me, the top five mistakes that new puppy owners make. We were going to record this week. I was a little under the weather, so I was unable to do that. Um, But hopefully, we'll get that out um, for next week. Just don't hold me to that, uh, because Gray and I's schedule is so crazy right now. Um, And we are just so busy that it's hard to get together to do that. So we appreciate you guys so very much. I really hope that you're having a wonderful week. And if there is anything we can do for you, you need to reach out, let us know because we can help you. We can help your dog and um, we will get everything right on track to help you have the best version of your dog as you can possibly have. Love you guys. Have a blessed week.